Hello and welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and joining me all the way from the Big Island of Hawaii is Josh Cacho. Josh, how are oh you? Oh my gosh. Um, it's probably the only way to describe it, right? Um, if it weren't for probably some people sleeping in the hotel rooms next to me, I, I'd probably yell out a big chihu for you know everyone out, all the Islanders out there, uh, given, given the outcome of the match. But I mean, it's everything that we were hoping for. You know, it had the excitement. You know, I could have gone with probably one less goal than what we gave up. But, you know, at the end of the day, for for all the criticism that's been kind of lobbed Bob's way, you know, regarding his adjustments and some of the things that they've done, you know, it's one of those things where it's almost like they took the lumps that they needed to in the regular season to be ready for this moment. And I think he said as much, um, you know, in, in some of the post-game stuff that you had heard from him. So, yeah, again it's it's i think it was i we were i was on my way back from from dinner just following the whole thing watching it on my phone and just just trying to kind of keep myself composed the whole time but you know like i said it's good to good to get this one out the way and on to the next one you know so hopefully you don't have that let down after today but yeah yeah so i was watching it um I let my two youngest kids watch about the first 15 minutes of it before it's time for bed. And then my nine-year-old stayed up for the first half, but they kept coming down because I couldn't contain myself. Every time there's a new goal score, <laughs> they'd keep coming down because they'd hear me shout or something. Uh, and I, I know that they were just all up in their rooms trying to listen for the next time so they could use it as an excuse to get out of bed. And I, to be honest, I didn't really care, but uh, just an incredible game. I mean, eight total goals. To see both Vela and Dio get a brace like that, uh, man, just incredible, incredible. Both, you know, Vela's coming back off the injury. Uh, there's been a lot of questions asked about his uh, his close to the season and how he kind of relied on penalties and whatever. And so for him to bag a brace and then for, for Dio to come back after his absence and just boss people as the, you know, in that super sub role that we've always talked about for him was pretty amazing pretty amazing yeah uh josh where do you want to start with this one i mean i think we should start from the beginning just kind of let's walk it through the game and kind of just kind of take a look at how it all went down you know i mean it's one of those ones where you know after some of the some of the other games that we've experienced where we've been a little bit more critical right we've kind of wanted to kind of to skip over some of these things, but it's one of those ones where given the opponent and given the circumstances i i don't mind reliving it yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's start. I mean, uh, let's start with the with the starting eleven because that's something I don't think anybody was expecting. I mean, for the most part, it's the same. I mean, obviously Lee Wynn was going to come in for Mark Anthony K, who wasn't even in the eighteen today, and then Tristan Blackman getting the nod over Walker Zimmerman. Uh, that was a gutsy move from Bob. Brown. That one, I had to think that it it likely had to do more with his uh, recovery from the concussion. So I do, I do um, in my profession, I do, you know, help athletes out do, do quite a bit of concussion rehab. And one of the biggest things as you progress through the latter stages is that you're basically just seeing the amount of time that the athlete can endure going through their sport or whatever activity they're doing without symptoms creeping up. Right. And so there may have been a time limit based on, his you know like i said whether his symptoms would flare up um and that may have been why they limit he was limited to you know a substitute duty at this point but given how he played and what you're likely to see over the next week or so he should be ready to play the full 90 coming up but you know again that i think that has more to do with a uh, a call from the training staff rather than anything else and you know it's you have to cut at that point it's it's always going to be next man that's a good point um the idea of easing him back into the game, making sure that he's that he's solid, even though it was such a big game. Uh, Tristan Blackman again, filling in admirably. Um, I don't know how much he's to fault for that goal from Pavon when Zlatan basically just bodies him off the ball. To me, in real time in front of the replays, it looked like the midfield should have tracked back and provided some more vertical coverage. And you have Segura and uh, Harvey getting pulled out of position there. So he's coming across to kind of fill in. Um, but it'll take a second watch to really figure out what happened with that goal. But I thought he looked good at center back. I thought he looked way better at right back. 
once he moved over. Um, just, I mean, him getting forward. I mean, he's he's dribbling opponents. He's making key passes. His his recovery speed is so good. I just I love him at right back. And uh, to be honest, I think that position is his at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, and you know, obviously, I think you're you're likely going to see, um, you know, like it'll it'll likely be probably situational, um, you know, like going forward in terms of when he makes his appearances and those types of things. But he's he's definitely earned Bob's trust in in big moments. You know, like I said, this is already the, you know, he started the game at right back the last time um, against yeah, against yeah, you know, I think the first yeah, game. He did I believe? You're right. Um, you know, because I think beta and, and, and I think beta was, a, it was a healthy replacement. I don't think beta was, was injured. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just one of those things where it, was, it seemed like a better matchup. And, you know, obviously the one thing that, you know, beta, I think when you lose him, you lose a lot of that. He is to me, especially when, when, um, when Zimmerman is out, he is, is more or less the backfield general. Um, I got, when I got to see him, do that. I think he was one of the few guys that didn't rotate out when they went to Houston after the open cup game and that craziness there. And he was the guy that is tending to organize most of the defense and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, like I said, you, Blackman is making his case. It's just a matter of, I think again, the circumstances and whether or not you're going to need, you know, what you need at that given moment, right? Like, and I bring him on for, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, depending on the game situation, I think is, is an easy call for yeah. them. So, you know, again, I think we, we had talked about it leading up to the match when we saw the lineup come out and the, the substitution was more or less spot on, I think with the only one, I think was Lee stayed on for the whole, the whole 90. Right. And they, they brought off, um, they brought up, well, they brought off beta and I think they brought off Rodriguez was the other, was the other sub that they had brought out for Yakovich. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where, you know, I, again, the, from a, from a lineup standpoint, I think, you know, you kind of, you know, you, we're actually pretty solid at the back. I think the biggest question becomes to the midfield and whether or not K is going to be healthy for this next game. Cause I think this is the one, you know, this was actually the game where you where Lee was the perfect person to have in that situation in terms of the way the game plan was letting the, letting the galaxy have possession, you know, what 50, probably about 50, 50 in possession for this match um, being okay. You know, there wasn't the counter press was off. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was just one of those things where it was kind of a little bit different defensive approach. Um, and so now again, it, it, the questions, you know, need to be asked as we head into this yeah. last game in terms of how you switch things up for, for so- Seattle. Yeah, a few things here. Uh, so Lee Wynn came off for Yakovich. Uh, and I think that was oh, okay. a double move where you see... No, that wasn't. <coughs> what happened here? I don't remember. Because yeah, Rodriguez and, 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 and Dios were the, was, this, was one of the subs. Yeah, I know and that. that was part of a double move. That was when Zimmerman came on, I think, for Beta Shore. Yeah. And then... Yakovich comes in later. I think after we got our fourth goal, maybe Yakovich yeah. comes in, and that's when you see Segura kind of push into the midfield. Sometimes it may have like it becomes that three, or... like a three, four, yeah, five at the back. Um, but I mean, they definitely freed up Segura to come into midfield whenever he wanted. I mean, there were times. Yeah. Well, because I think when when Segura came up, then then Harvey and and Blackman were pushing right, in. Right deep so you're almost court. playing yeah. you know really compact yeah i mean it's almost like a michael bradley <laughs> toronto role where he's just a like he's beyond just a defensive midfielder where he really is more like a center back that just gets forward in possession so mm-hmm. um, you know and if you're if there's someone to do it it's definitely going to be um what's it called it's definitely going to be uh, Segura because it, I think he played D mid right. at, his, at his last club as well. Right. At some and point, then you so. have, and then, I mean, just talking about height, you have Yakovic who looked fantastic in this match uh, and, and Zimmerman who still got bossed by Zlatan a few times in the air where now you're, now you can bracket Zlatan with two bigger center backs that are going to be capable of some more physical play. So 
Yeah, and then and then still have Zagura to clean everything up. Right, win after those the second ball. Well. Right, so you bracket right. him with two big guys, and then Zagura can come in and win the second ball. Yeah, and I think there was a play. I think it, it was Dos Santos that got a that after a after a little bit uh, like a long ball or some of that that got a kind of a shot on got a free look at goal, and then um, Zagura came in and cleaned Is it this up. The one where Miller nicely, came out like a, and didn't. Yeah, and he wasn't assertive. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that's most of the game. It. But yeah, Miller's another story. Yeah. Oof. Uh, one thing I, we'll one get thing to I want to mention eventually. too, though, you talked about possession. So Galaxy ended with 58% possession. And I think at half, we only had 39% possession. I mean, they came out kind of like you and I talked about. Um, they came out very content to let the game come to them, to kind of grow into it and not make anything not make any crazy mistakes out, you know, just because you're over amped. So, I mean, obviously we talked about that. So it's something that I'm happy to see, but I think it really suited them. Well, just essentially telling the galaxy, no, you have to come at us. We're not just going to let you have it because that's basically what Minnesota did as well. And they weren't able to generate offense from deep. Um, So, I, I, I love Bob's game plan here. I really did. Yeah. I mean, and, and it was subtle, right? You, you, you're not, you're, you're not really switching away from your principles in terms of trying to, you know, like you're, you're, you're basically just playing a deeper block. And then from there, you know, cause I think blessing was still coming out and being aggressive when, you know, but just at the line of confrontation yeah. was just way deeper than right. you know, it normally is. Right. Where it's just usually in the, you know, in, the opponent's defensive third so <laughs> you know again it was i i think that was the first surprising thing i think that was i think that's the first thing i texted you when the game started was like the press is off and you know you can kind of just sit see you know and they had to absorb quite a bit in the beginning but you know i think what the, one of the things that galaxy has shown is because they're playing those you know essentially you know bigger lumbering backs you know i think they basically played i think today it was three center back Three center Four backs center and backs then Felcher? Four center backs again. No, I think it was three plus Felcher, right? Well, Felcher came in late. He came in for Gonzalez. So they started Romney, Polenta, Steres, and Gonzalez. Also, oh, they did do the four center backs. Right, back and that's in. when Rossi, you know, Rossi after Rodriguez comes out, uh, a lot of balls are starting to be released there, and Rossi is just tormenting Gonzalez back there. Uh, and has you know four or five good looks at goal as a result, and then that's when they pulled Gonzalez and went to Felcher. Okay, yeah. So then it may you know and then given that right, so you have the thing when you're allowing Galaxy at that much possession, especially in the first half, their fullbacks are going to have to get up high, which none of them are used to doing, right? Like Polenta and right. and um, and Gonzalez are not guys that are typically getting up and down the field. They're their center backs, right? They're going to push up to about midfield and usually sit about there and then yeah. come up on set pieces, then hustle back. But again, they're not guys that are sprinting end line to end line on a regular basis. And so again, I think that, and then that plus having to chase Rossi around on, on some of the counterattacking, again, you could see, start to see their offensive quality, you know, at, at, at times just wasn't there because again, they don't have guys, you know, yeah, they can, they can hold, hold up physically, but when that doesn't work, they can't recover, right? And I think that's what you saw. Right. I mean, essentially, essentially, what LAFC has bets on is you have to bring the game to us, and you're either going to have to create with Pavone and Antuna by themselves on the wings, or get your fullbacks involved and expose yourself with only Perry Kitchen back there to cover with two slow center backs. Uh, and and it, it worked really well. I mean, the Galaxy end up subbing off Antuna for. Alessandrini, I think in like the fifty-third minute or something like that. It yeah, who, really early. you know who who Alessandrini is a guy who can provide much better service than Antuna, right? Antuna's not a guy that's going to, right, right. to give you much in the way of crosses. I think, I mean, what the first five, six games of the season was essentially, you know, a lot of Zlatan giving Antuna dirty looks for how bad his, you know, given how bad the crosses were, right. and so right. you know, like I said, I think now. Now it's one of those things where you you it was just you know get you can play that you can play that way if if LAFC comes out and plays the norm their normal counter pressing style right because then they can just remain compact and then just lump long balls over the top when we're out of position right 
But in mm-hmm. this thing where you're sitting, where we're sitting back and allowing that, you know, again, I think, you know, just like other teams have kind of shown what's the way to beat LAFC, right? You saw, you saw some of that um, in terms of, in, you saw us utilize that tactic in terms of how teams have played against the Galaxy and been really successful at them. We just happen to have yeah. two of the top scorers in the league on our front line, you know? So, mm-hmm. and then, and then also having to have a Tam level guy in Diomande who comes out and scores a brace right out of nowhere. So, yeah, definitely one of those things where, yeah. you know, I think, like I said, it, it was the perfect game plan in terms of, um, in terms of tactics. But, you know, like even Bob said, you know, this was far from the best football we possibly could have played. And, you know, again, not having Mark Anthony K, you know, is a big part of that. So we'll, we'll see what it looks like. You know, I think he's got another week to recover. And I think he was in training this past week, but again, probably wasn't good, you know, again, wasn't good enough to go. So we'll see what it, that looks like again next week and what he can contribute. Yeah. Well, uh, you mentioned Diomande there, and I want to ask, what do you think is his role going forward in the playoffs? Do you think we still see the Holy Trinity with Dio as the super sub, or do you think he's going to work his way back into the lineup and have Rodriguez come off the bench. I think so. I think I think he stays as a super stuff because I think the biggest issue is going to be match fitness, right? I think he this was he, he's only been back in training for a week. Approximately, mm-hmm. right? I think is when he rejoined the club. Yeah. And so whether or not he's going to have it to go 90 and even when he was fully fit, you know, there were questions of whether or not he was a guy that could go a full 90 minutes. I I honestly think this is his best role because in the time where Dio's come on at the 60th minute this season, he's been next to unstoppable, right? Because you have, you know, he imagined chasing around Rodriguez and Rossi for 60 minutes, and then all of a sudden you have this giant bull of a man coming through, and then you having to stop that next. You know, like his his and second goal. Now Vela is tormenting your right, your left back instead of mm-hmm. Rodriguez or Rossi. Yeah, or and and the, so. and that second goal is purely evident, and where you could tell that. From a you know from a fatigue standpoint, I'm not sure the Galaxy defenders had much left, and then all of a sudden you just see Dio just tell everyone to get out of the way, and then puts that last one in, and yeah. so you know yeah. I, to me I think that's honestly like you know you, you know it, almost like in you know like for Philadelphia Il Signo coming in at the 60th minute he may be just the perfect guy to yep. just play that role you know and again whether or not he's going to be happy with that long term remains to be seen but. For the rest of this playoffs, I think it's the perfect role for him, you know. And again, one that he can definitely make an yeah. impact in game in game out. Yeah, I, I totally agree there. I mean, the way that we were able to torment them on the wings once he came in, especially, was pretty incredible. Granted, Rodriguez had had a lot of success. He gets the early assist to to Vela. Does he hit the post yeah. as well? I feel like he had a shot at the bottom or, left. Corner. I guess no, he cut, he cuts back on his left and he shoots one just barely over. Um, I thought he had the one that hit the bottom left bottom left post too. Great game. Yeah. Oh, did he? Okay. Okay. Um but I mean he had a he had a great game. Um so I was kind of surprised to see him come off, but then the floodgates just opened once Dio came on. And you've described him several times as, the, you know, the bull in the china shop. And you see, he, I mean, the way he just shrugs off contact from defenders is pretty uh, is pretty great to have, especially once everybody's tired, like you said. So I, I as well hope that he comes off the bench in, in the future um, because I, I don't know how you go from we never know where any of these first three attackers are going to be for an hour and we're tired of chasing them to – Oh no! What's happening now? Dio's in here, just bullying us, and our wingers have so much quality uh, that they just run. Yeah, right and, and it's one of those time, ones where so. you know it's like, you know, like in, to compare it to you know the NBA, right? It's it's early LeBron James, right? It's it's you you have one or, one or two choices, right? You you have to choose between stopping and getting out on the wing to defend the three pointer, or you can stop the drive down the middle of the key. Right. And, and when as at that yeah, end of the yeah. game, when you've been running around for that whole time trying to chase people around and that is coming down the middle. Right. Again, a lot of times you have to make a you have to make a, that decision. Mm-hmm. And most of the time defenders are like, yeah, I'm good. Not going to deal with it. Right. And 
you know, or he just says, I don't care and just throws you around, right? Because he can do a little bit of both, right? Whereas I think when he started, you've seen him fade around the 60th minute. And then again, his quality at the end of the game has not quite been there because I think he's lacked some fitness throughout the year. Um, and so, you know, again, yeah. I think we were actually at our best when you had him and he and Ramirez alternating, right? Ramirez just running around, creating space for people right. for the first, you know, 60 minutes of the game, then Dio comes in and then just goes and scores, right? And so that, you know, again, I think that that'll be probably what we see going forward um, for the rest of the playoffs, especially, again, what you're probably looking at. There's approximately two and a half weeks left in the season, right? Maybe less. I'm not sure when Cup is. So I know there's a little bit of a break. I think it's on November 1st, isn't it? Um, Okay, so there there isn't a break in between then. I don't remember. I don't think so. So we play Seattle on mm-hmm. Tuesday. And then we would be playing at the cup like that Saturday or Sunday or something like that. I, yeah, I would assume it's on that Sunday. Um, so the first is actually a Friday, so it won't be that day. It's probably yeah. the third. Um, November 3rd, which is that Sunday. So you, you get four days, five days rest, and then you go on and play. So, <coughs> all right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about here tactically before we get into some questions or anything Ooh. else you want to cover before we go back and rewatch this game, which I must say is going to be yeah, a lot more previous. fun to rewatch than it has um, been in the past. I got, you know, like I said, Lee Wynn was another big addition to the midfield in this game. And obviously I think we were all a bit worried when Kay went down in that USA Canada game, you know, but our anger at Greg Berhalter, you know, kind of probably made us not think about losing Kay near as much as we probably should have. Um, and like you said, but at the same time, I think he, he has the setup on D one on Dio's goal. Um, on the, when he just kind of plows through a bunch of people and man, like I said, he's, his patience on the ball, his composure on the ball is something I think, like I said, that we've lacked in the games against Carson leading up to this point. Right. And, um, you know, again, maybe, you know, it's a little bit of a, you know, obviously we wish, K, you know, Mark Anthony K, the best of luck, you know, the best of luck in terms of getting back as soon as possible. And we want him to be back for this Seattle game. But, you know, it, it, I want, I want to say that K playing midfield for this game was exactly what the doctor ordered in terms of, again, just being, you know, being able to be composed on the ball and, and not give him, not having kind of silly turnovers and giveaways in the midfield, which we had suffered from, in, you know, in the previous matchups. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think playing him there in the middle really helps you to just settle things down and make the transitions a little less frantic. Um, which, granted, when we are transitioning to defense, it's a little too slow with him. Um, but if he does win a ball, I feel like the first pass is going to be a little bit smarter, a little less rushed than it than it is with K. Um, but he's not going to give you the same ability to drive with pace down the down the field and really jumpstart an attack. It's, he's going to be looking more for a long ball, which oftentimes he pulls. Yeah, off, I mean, so, I think it depends on the. Uh, really, is it depends on the team, team, right? I think given the way that the style that we played tonight, it was the you know, and I think the way that the Galaxy had played against LAFC previously, where you have you know where they they were really looking to cut out Atuesta, and you know in, in previous matchups it was. Um, Flavio Alvarez that had been the one that was, you know, kind of keeping Atuesta from being able to collect the ball cleanly in midfield. In this game, it was Dos Santos that was doing it uh, in the in the middle of the park, trying to break up that early pass. But when when Lee is in there, you can really go to either one of them, and that next ball is going to be class. And so I think that's the one advantage there is that you know that regard, you know, that you're not trying, you don't have to force the ball to Atuesta in the middle of the park to ensure. Right, that the the transitions off from defense to offense, you know, occurs. Right now, now you can kind of you see him drop into space, and they kind of split the field almost in like a four-two-three-one type of thing, initially, um, and then they spring that attack going forward. As opposed to a lot of times when it's uh, K and Blessing, they both just take off, and then Atuesta is just hitting these, you know, 
pinpoint passes over the middle of the field, which, you know, again, it works, but it hadn't, it had not worked so far against Carson, you know, in the past couple of matches. So again, it was, it was, right. it was nice to see that, you know, again, the midfield really not, again, force too many things and kind of just let the game come to them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do feel like there was a concerted effort not to be forcing those balls through the lines. And it seems to me uh, that the ones that really trouble us are when we're trying to play through two separate lines. Obviously the angles are going to be much smaller in those, in those passes, but I almost feel like that's what galaxy is really keying in, keying in on are the overly aggressive through two lines uh, passes. And that's something that I'm going to be paying attention to when I go back and watch, because I feel like that's where galaxy had their most success. They spent plenty of time just sitting in passing lanes tonight. Um, so much so that one of my sons actually asked me, he's like, dad, why, why do they just kind of sit back in the midfield? They're not going and pressuring everybody. It's like, well, <laughs> watch them win passes and watch them intercept the, you know, the more lazy passes because they're not hit hard enough to, to beat them. Um, so it was, uh, I don't know. You gotta, you gotta give it to GBS on, on getting, no, I mean, it, it, the thing. I mean, even though you uh, lot was five threes, the final score, I mean, it's not like it was, it was, it was it, like, it's not like it wasn't competitive, right? Like, you know, and it wasn't like right. the Minnesota game right. where you're just like waiting for things to happen, you know? So it was, you know, he, I, I think he's hamstrung a little bit by Flatan's inability to, to do anything but score at this point in his career again, which makes sense. You know, he's 38 years old. So, you know, he's, he's got to save up for when he needs it. But, you know, at the same time, um, you know, like I said, I, I think long term they're they're I think they you can kind of start to see the style of play that he wants to he wants to utilize moving forward. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you definitely saw the Galaxy tire themselves out too. At the beginning of the match, you could see Ibra especially chasing the game. He's coming. Sometimes he's in left midfield. Sometimes he's out on the right wing. Sometimes he was, you know, at center mid. He was really all over the place looking to get on the ball. Uh, and to me, that's a sign of, hey, we're doing a great job sitting back and denying these entry passes that might have otherwise found his feet or, you know, the the long crosses from the wings. Um, and by the 55th, 60th minute, he's already, like, yeah. that's it. He's done. He's not running around chasing the ball. He's just kind of sitting by the center backs and waiting for service. Um, so to me, the fact that you can go into those into those minutes ahead and now make him chase those goals and and make them a much more one dimensional team with him just parked up there is a that's a great sign of success and a great game plan to start. Yeah, I think even I think even Taylor Twelman was basically was like he, he's like not moving like notably like was just kind of standing around at you know the on the left yeah. side of the um, or on our defensive right um, just kind of hanging out you know, while, while the game was in the balance. And I think this is when they're still chasing two goals. And so, you know, again, and yeah. again, I'm never going, you know, you could, I'm, I'm more annoyed that when it comes to giving up goals on set pieces, just because sometimes it's just a lack of, you know, uh, what is it? Like a lack of judgment in terms of, you know, how you kind of go about things, but at the same time, you know, it, it's, it is one of those things where, it's those are things that you can fix versus you know when when you allow goals in the run of play then it's a little bit different of circumstance right right and i mean to be honest most of their goals so they got one on the set piece the other two were a, a bit fluky yeah. i feel where you have blackman misjudge a pass and get bodied by by zlatan for the pavon goal and then you have this uh ridiculous back pass from beta I think he's trying to play it back to Miller, but that ball's honestly hit pretty hard and in the air as he's trying to pop it up over, over Blackman. Uh, it takes a deflection off Blackman, Ebra collects it, and then blasts it straight through the legs. Well, not, not even straight through. I mean, Miller got his hands on it and then just bobbles it between <coughs> his legs into the goal. Uh, really, really poor defending there. Which probably takes Miller. us to our next point um, where we have to now talk about what that you know what it's going to look like for Tyler Miller moving forward and I think you had mentioned it's like I'm not sure we can afford to kind of let him keep 
having these moments and you know especially as you head into the playoffs but again you know again it we'll see what bob decides to do but again it's it, i think for for most supporters at this point and most of us who are kind of watching these things with a analytical eye it's kind of hard to see this kind of thing continue because again i'm not these are things that i'm not sure that you can fix you know in a short amount of time right so there's there's three notable mistakes and it's it's the same thing that we've always talked about where especially against the galaxy he just looks so <laughs> unsure of himself there's a ball earlier that both he and blackman are, are moving in on blackman's coming back and miller's kind of right at the edge of the box it looks like blackman's trying to get there uh oh i don't know what happened is that tlc it's like a someone's <laughs> <laughs> uh so Blackman's coming back. It looks like he might be trying to to get ahead on the ball to, to head it back to Miller so he can play with his hands. Miller comes all the way out of the box. They kind of collide, and Miller gets like this awkward knee on it. Um, otherwise, I think it was JDS that would have been on that ball and obviously putting it in the back of the net. And there's another one where it's, it's Jonathan Santos again where he comes out and he's afraid to run into one of our players and, and, and Dos Santos. So he kind of pulls off, and the only reason the ball's not in the back of the net, like you said earlier, was because Eddie Segura is right behind him and, and clears the ball. Uh, so between those two that very easily could have turned into goals and the third mistake that he just gifts to uh, to Ibrahimovic, I don't know how much confidence you can have yeah, and, in taking him in and the, the next thing is round. The, I mean, granted, yeah. he always does. But the thing is, the these, aren't, these, aren't, Man. these aren't new mistakes that, are, he's, been, that he's making. Right. Like I think, right. I think one right. of the, the criticisms that I've had about um, Miller from the start was he just seems indecisive. Right. It's like when you look at some of the, you know, goalkeepers that you, you would consider match winning. Right. So, you know, again, there's not very many of them in the MLS, but you know, it's, you know, the Zach Steffens of, you know, mm -hmm. the last few years, it's, you know, probably Guzan and some of these guys, you know, when they come out of the box, they're commanding. They have that presence about them. They they do those things. When it comes to Miller, right, you, he, he's, his personality is almost more, you know, like when you hear him talk in interviews and everything, he's almost comes across as a, as a more quiet guy by nature anyways. And so when you see him play, it almost is reflective of that because, again, it seems like, again, he's a bit timid um, in some of those circumstances, which, again, I, I'm not sure – you know, like, you know, like you can, we can afford that, especially in some of these bigger moments. So again, because if you've seen it, it let down and yet it had right. it not been from otherworldly performances from, you know, from the front line and some of these different things like this game, you know, potentially has a completely different outcome, right? Because again, it's not like we still didn't give up opportunities, you know? And so again, I think, I'm not, again, I think it's, it's part of it is a mindset thing, you know, part of it is just, again, a lack of confidence, but who, again, I'm not sure this is one thing, you know, said so with, with two games left to win it all. Right. I, I almost think you have to go with Cisniega just because again, his, because of, again, you know, sometimes, sometimes naivete comes with, you know, a lack of, you know, lack of fear for the moment as well. Right, right. Yeah, I, oh, man. Did you see his interview this week with about Greg Verhalter? Tyler Miller? Yes. No, I didn't. Oh, Josh. All right, well, after the show, go watch his interview where he essentially says everybody needs to trust Greg because the system is great and it's going to work eventually. Okay, now uh, I have zero so faith in say, Tyler Miller. Oh, man. After I saw that, I was like, are you really doing this? Are you really saying this like three days before the biggest game of your life? Come on, man. Uh, oh, just just poor, poor judgment all around, both on and off the field. Uh, man, and it's tough because I actually really like the kid. Uh, yeah, seems like a really nice guy. City. Does a lot of good yeah. for the community. Like he's he's been everything you could have asked for in terms of a person who's a representative of the club and those different things, right. Especially off the field. The, yeah. Again, I think the questions are, is he a number one? And at that point, again, I, I think we're all starting to kind of figure out that, 
probably not, right? Or at least at least for the level that LAFC want to achieve moving forward, and especially when you get to the you know, you know, like if he's if he's gonna get shook against games in games like against the Galaxy or against you know whatever in a playoff game. How is he supposed to handle himself in South America? I mean, in Central America, in Mexico, yeah. right? Like, so yeah. So if 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 it's bad, if he thinks it's bad in Carson, I don't know what he's, I don't know what he's going to do when you walk into Azteca, right? Or you walk right. into, right. you know, Puebla or one of these places where you know again where where people are throwing batteries at you, you know, <laughs> crazy yep. things like that. So. Yeah, again, it's definitely a question that they're going to have to evaluate over the next, you know, few weeks and see what they're going to do moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the only the other big storyline that we need to get to is Bob's uh, post match interview, but we did get a question about it, so uh, I feel like we can move on unless you have something else. We can no, move on to questions it. here. All right. So actually, the first one I have here, uh, so it's from Juan Pablo Hernandez who who tweets the video of the interview and says, gotta love our gaffer and then tags a bunch of the podcasts, including us. Uh, so was, was recap, that an interview or a dunking? <laughs> I think it was more like uh, he, Bob Bradley put Seba Salazar in the electric chair and just flipped the switch and walked away. No, and then uh, came back and then walked away. <laughs> they came back to make sure that, Oh man, just so for those of you who didn't happen to see it, uh, either live or on Twitter, Sebastian Salazar has an interview, talks to Bob about you know the season that they've had and everything, and then turns on Carlos Vela and says, A lot's been made about him not showing up for big games throughout his career, that he doesn't care, uh, and that he might, you know, all the same things you always hear about Vela. Now, and keep in mind, Bob, Sebastian Salazar is essentially the English-speaking mouthpiece for the Mexican press, right? In right, terms of his criticism right. of Carlos Vela and those different things over the years, um, he and Herc, Hercules Gomez had done that uh, two-on-three podcast where they kind of review the Mexican national team through yeah, the World yeah. Cup and those different things and have been, you know, highly critical of Carlos Vela, you know, and, you know, for the, again, parroting the talking points you've heard from Mexico for all, for all the years. You know, and, mm-hmm. and Bob was having none of it tonight. Yeah. So Bob essentially just shuts him down immediately with a get lost. Uh, I think he may have asked, are you serious right now? Uh, and then get lost. And then he walks away, turns around like two or three times as if he's going to go back and finish the job off and then decides better of it and just goes to celebrate with his team. Uh but man, the fact that you could just tell Bob was ready to just pound this man into the ground after talking about his star player who just burned down the regular season in MLS and scored a brace against Galaxy in what is arguably the biggest postseason game in MLS history. Yeah, uh, but I mean, but for for the Mexican press that's that has covered Carlos Vela and Chicharito and all their stars who for some reason revel in them not doing well. Right, yeah. Maybe yeah. it was just too much for them to handle, for someone to have an amazing season. Right? It was just like, you know, like I, I'm, I was one of my buddies. Like he, you know, he's a huge L Tree fan, and you know, we we're going back and forth, and we were talking about it the other day, and it's like, I point black asked him, it's like, do you think that the you know the press in Mexico, you know, and the you know and the press that covers the you know Mexican players for you know domestically and abroad. You know, it's like they almost cover they almost cover their players the way that CNN covers Donald Trump, right? And I don't mean to get political, but it's one of those things where it's like you you it's almost like you need them to do bad so you have something to talk about, right? And mm. this weird this weird relationship with it, and again, it, it it's a continuation of that there, you know. And I think Bob was like, you know, like, and when he's Sebastian said that to him, and he's like, I think Bob said, you know, after this season. And then, and then that's when he tried to say, "Oh yeah, this after the season." That's when Bob told him to get lost, because again, yeah, yeah, what what I'm not sure what big games he didn't show up for this year, right? Like, 
they're you know because even in the games that the two you know the two two losses to Carson, I'm pretty sure Vela scored in both of them. Right, the one loss to Carson. Yeah, he scored. Yeah. He scored in and, the loss and I the draw. He a brace in the in the draw, and one in the in the loss. I think. Yeah, and then the loss to Minnesota, he wasn't even there, right? And so maybe that's what yeah. he's talking about by not showing up. But again, it, it again, it's a it's a weird relate it's a weird relationship to me when between the coverage for Mexican players and then the press in Mexico and and their counterparts here in the United States as well that cover their <laughs> covered their players. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I it, I love to hate on Chris Wondolowski, so. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's something similar there. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like I think we all, you know, we've all harp, you know, got got after Zardes, you know, pretty hard over the last couple, you know, over the last year. Or so, you know, when when Berhalter keeps selecting them, but at the same time, you know, I think he, I think we're still capable of appreciating a good season, right? That, yeah, that what, I, I mean, and that's also Giassi Zardes. We're not talking about a guy who is inarguably your best player uh, and has been yeah, for I quite mean, some time. I mean, so. look at how we treat Christian Pulisic, right? The guy doesn't play three games and the, we start panicking, right? Right, right. You know, versus, you know, if if Carlos Vela or Chicharito or any of their players scores a hat trick, oh, it's not good enough. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, right. Again, it's like some people <laughs> just can't enjoy nice things. But, again, that's completely <laughs> off topic from this thing. But, yeah, you know, yeah. it is what it is. We're only saying these things because the U.S. sucks so so much right now that uh, we gotta we gotta take it out on somebody. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Next one is from Incha del LAFC. Uh, amazing tactical game plan by Bob. The subs were on point and the timing of them. Great winning mentality and Dio. Simply amazing. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've already talked about the tactical game plan of letting the game come to them at the beginning. Um, and then kind of growing into the game, seeding possession, and making the Galaxy actually bring the game to them and, and, and beat them. And I, I agree. The subs were, were fantastic. Uh, we've, we've talked about the way the Zimmerman and, and Jakovic were able to bracket uh, Ibrahimovic so effectively after that sub. And Dio, yeah, great. Two, I mean, he makes a great run off of the run from from Rossi and gets on the end of that cross and then makes a great run by himself to score that second goal. So that really good, really good. Do you have anything on those points? Well, I mean, I think of the teams remaining, right? The only team that's going to play similar to this is going to be Toronto, right? Where, you know, that, that, that doesn't really want possession the same way that galaxy doesn't really want the possession. And they aren't nearly as good in possession as they are when they can soak up encounter and those types of things too. Seattle and Atlanta are going to come at you, just, you know, come at you fine. And so for those two types of, those two teams, right. You, you know, your, your, your tactics shift a little bit, but you know, again, I I think, you know, that's, that's where, again, I think you come back back to that tactics versus principles thing, you know, keeping true to the possession and those, you know, the possession, but just taking care of the ball, making, having, having good football ideas can happen whether you're sitting back or whether you're high pressing. So yeah, you know, like I said, hats off to Bob and the coaching staff for what they, you know, for utilizing the extra break, you know, where most teams tend not to. Right, right. All right, at Tyco Blue, Rossi had a game. Fela's fire. Rodriguez was effective, and I love Dio as a late sub. Uh, overall, dig the Segura Blackman pairing. Do you keep that, or do you play Blackman at right back for Beta instead? Tristan has looked good there late in games. Segura in the mid always makes me smile. Um, there's a lot there. Rossi, again, fantastic. A goal and two assists, maybe? Uh, Vela is certainly fire. Rodriguez, again, we talked about how he looked good. Um, and even to the point where I was a little surprised to see him come off. And then Dio uh, erased any any doubts I had about that. Uh, anything you want to say more about where you play Blackman and how you use him going forward? Against Seattle, um, I mean, against Seattle, you're you see Jordan Morris is likely to be lined up there. So you pro again, it, he's not exactly you know Seattle doesn't actually have like they don't it's not like say they have burners out you know on on that side of thing, and nor do they have a post up guy 
like Zlatan. So it's a, the the approach is giving me a little bit differently because Raul Ruiz Diaz is about five foot four, right? They're yeah. a Seattle striker, and so Morris, who has been playing well as of late, is is more of their their target guy get the ball at his feet because he is you know built like a linebacker um mm-hmm. and so you know again i think either beta I, you know I, I don't think you can go wrong with that backfield selection a lot of it comes down to the health of walker zimmerman and whether or not he's going to be cleared to play 90 so again yeah. i think that'll that'll likely make the decision for them at that point and then you know what I, I think the one thing you'll see differently is palacios will likely start instead of Yakovic because this isn't the game where you necessarily need the height advantage um, from your back line. Yeah, right. It's, it's more one in the 18, or do you mean actually starting? For no, just in the 18. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think if Zimmerman's healthy and goes, then I think you see Blackman out on the right. Just because I he is so dangerous getting forward uh, for, uh, you know, MLS fullbacks to be dealing with him as the additional overlapping fullback, I think is just, uh, it's it's too much for them to handle. And I think we've seen that multiple times now. Um, yeah. And, and I guess kind of what, you know, what is kind of a possession based team where you're going to counter press a little bit more, you might be looking for another set piece goal. Uh, I think his legs and his height and his quality going forward is, is what gives him the nod for me over beta shore. Um, let's move on to the next one. Sam Lehman says uh, all caps. So Imagine me screaming because I'm not going to do it to you. I have a lot of feelings, but it's hard to articulate. So here's my best shot. And then Alphabet Soup. Uh, agreed, Sam. Same here, Matt. Uh, super excited. I don't I don't know if anybody noticed, but Stan Verrett also shouted out the 3252 to open up Col- uh, to open up Sports Center tonight, which was awesome. And I kind of feel like uh, I'm overloaded with excitement tonight. Um and then at underscore pavs underscore Ben's America. Two years of built up anger, and finally I can sleep. Uh yeah, I'm very relieved to have this over with. I was I was really nervous coming into this game, I will admit it. Um but man, I it sure feels great on the other side of it. Yeah, I mean I can actually enjoy the rest of my vacation now. Yeah. Now you can finally relax when you're in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The rest of, I mean, the food has been doing a pretty good job of allowing me to do that. But you know, now, now I can actually just kick back and not think about soccer until next week. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so here's uh, maybe to close this off. Let's let's focus on what uh, Ibrahimovic just said in his press conference. You ready for this? Hmm. It's not about money. I have another two months on my contract. We will see what happens. If I stay, then MLS is good because the whole world will watch it. If I don't stay, nobody will remember what MLS is. Nice hedging, you piece of garbage. Yeah. I oh, mean, man. In the words of the guys from RWLFC, I think he's, you know, won the Zlatan, you know, uh, Dirt Bag of the Week award for the rest of the year. Right. And- right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Imagine thinking that it's all about him tonight. Yeah. Uh, even my dad, my dad called me before the game started. And he said, "Hey, I'm rooting for our boys." And I was like, "What? What? This? I've so I've been able to convince this man to come to one game. I think I've talked about it on the show before. Uh, but if even he is watching this game from Glendora out in the suburbs because he knows what's going on, uh, and oddly enough, he and I didn't talk about it. He, I'm, I'm sure he just saw it on the news or something." Uh, and for him to be calling them our boys, that was a fun moment for me because uh, he's in, he's in now. So uh, to make that all just about Ibrahimovic is kind of crazy. I mean, uh, he can he can join the rest of the self-aggrandizing soccer uh, sports media, thinking that you know that yes, they're they're that important to you know to the success and of the league and all these different things. At the end of the day, you know, again, we can. You know, it, it it's funny to a certain degree, you know, but at, at a certain point, you just have to think he's a bit delusional. And, you know, again, I don't know, has to tell himself those things for some reason or another. He probably has inferiority syndrome because for as good as he has been, and I'll admit one of the, you know, been world-class, was still never as good as Messi or Ronaldo. So, again, 
Maybe that's just yeah. what he has to. Yeah. Maybe what he's got to tell himself to let it, to go to bed at night. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is he he is a fantastic footballer. Like, I will make no qualms about it. I pointed out several things that he did tonight to my son. The little passes that he makes, uh, the way he generates power on the ball um, in much more subtle ways than you see from other people. Uh, he, he is undoubtedly world-class, and to still be doing it at 38 is pretty amazing. But uh, it's also very satisfying to see our guys – run straight over his team who is so overhyped and obviously not the greatest quality and who we've continued to just make mental lapses against and gift them games. Uh, so it was fantastic to finally see that end and to see fans heckling him as he left. Uh, just so satisfying, so satisfying, a great way to, uh, to advance in these playoffs. And I'll admit, I was one of the I was one of the guys who was like, oh man, I I do I want to see Galaxy improve it in the playoffs? Yes, but do I think that's a dangerous proposition? Yes, uh, but man, it was so satisfying to see it this to see it play out this way. Yeah, you know. So I mean, again, it, it you know we'll kind of see how things play out. But I honestly think that if he ends up leaving, I think Scoloto has the building blocks in place to turn the galaxy into a much more fun product moving forward. I mean, yeah, you can't tell me that the galaxy don't get better by, by losing him and building, you know, adding in a couple more pieces that fit together a little bit better. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if it'll solve any of their defense. I mean, it's, it's hard to turn over your entire defense for the second or third year in a row, but at least from an offensive standpoint, you know, I'm sure he's going to flow things through Pavone heading to this next year. If he's not sold, um, or I mean, not sold, but I mean, if if he doesn't move on to a different, to Europe yeah. or something like that, um, yeah. you know, because again, I think he's a guy that is a more natural creator in the mold of what the modern football looks like comparatively to, you know, the the lump the ball forward target striker that is a little bit from the past. Hmm. Hmm. Well, not everybody can have Carlos Vela on their team, Josh. No, this and is I'm true. I'm fine with that. All right, man. Anything else to get to? No, time to enjoy the rest of the week, head into later the, uh, <coughs> the rest of this week, and then, you know, again, we'll, we'll probably check back up um, what, later this weekend or right before the, the next match. Yep. Everybody, enjoy this for the weekend. Hopefully the boys uh, get a little bit of time to enjoy it before they have to focus back in and get ready for – Seattle's visit to the bank on Tuesday night. In the meantime, uh, we will go back and watch the match and come back at you with a with a more in-depth analysis. If you have any more questions or anything that we didn't get to, make sure to tweet at us and we'll, we'll be sure to include it in the show. Um, until that time, Josh, where can we find you? LAFC Josh on Twitter. All right. Tweet at the show at counterpress underscore you can email us at the counterpress show at gmail.com you can find me at kirk kinsey on twitter and that's all we have for tonight